SQPN, leading the way in Catholic new media. Oh, I just couldn't resist. <laughs> I couldn't wait till the end of the show. I just had to uh, stick that in there right here at the beginning. Uh, this is Jeff Young, the Catholic Foodie at CatholicFoodie.com, and I am your host, and you are listening to episode 35 of the Catholic Foodie. School lunches, back to school. Well, as I mentioned, my name is Jeff Young. I am your host, and welcome to the Catholic Foodie. I'm so glad you're here. So what is on the menu today? Well, how about school lunches? Well, we're not going to actually eat those school lunches. We're just going to talk about them. And, uh, (laughs) you know, I sent out a call for uh, ideas on school lunches just the other day. I put that call out on Facebook, the Facebook page, the Catholic Foodie Facebook page. I also uh, put it out on Twitter and Plurk and, uh, goodness, where else? I don't, I don't know. Maybe my personal Facebook page as well. Anyway, I had a number of responses uh, to this topic of school lunches. Some people shared their memories, bad memories actually, of school lunches. And we also received some tips, tips on how busy families can handle the whole question of school lunches uh, for their children. So I can't wait to share that with you. We also have a couple of announcements. Uh, One of them, you probably have an idea now, (laughs) after that intro, of what that announcement is. Uh, I've got something to show you as well. So I am very, very excited about this episode, and I'm so glad that you're here at the Catholic Foodie. Man, we've got some good stuff on the menu at the Catholic Foodie, where food meets faith. Well, if you are listening to this right now, you will. Even if you're not, if you saw if you saw the UStream earlier when I was recording the episode, you know this. But if you're listening right now, you don't know this. This is actually take two of the first part of the show, probably the first ten minutes of the show. Uh, I I was on UStream once again. If you remember last uh, episode, I forgot to click the record button on the UStream uh, feed. And, and so we lost probably the first 20 minutes or so of the, of the episode. And, you know, I had someone in the chat room on Ustream. I said, look, please remind me to hit record. You know, after I did all my setup, got everything, got everything ready uh, to record the episode, uh, sure enough, Brother Jer, he, he reminded me, you need to hit record. So, I, okay, I hit it. Now, <laughs> what I didn't hit was the record button on my recorder over here. Not, I, I use an H2, so it's all, it's all uh, recorded outside of the computer through a mixer, and I forgot to record. Um, oh my goodness, I can't believe it. I got through the whole first part, I'd say maybe the first 10 minutes of the show, and realized I hadn't recorded it. Man, I couldn't believe it. So, you know, I talked to um, Nick Padley last week. I know... Uh, if you listen to episode 34, he was actually my guest on the show. We we did that show together, and uh, Nick is a great guy. Him and uh, uh, Nick and Pat have a fantastic podcast, In Between Sundays, and you can find them over at inbetweensundays.com. And if you listen to their episode 13, oh my goodness, they had some technical difficulties where they basically <laughs> didn't record the whole show. You know, So we were joking about that last week. And he said, you know, we're going to do a a show this Wednesday night, episode 14, and it's going to be successful. And once we have that done, everybody, nobody's going to have any problems anymore because obviously there was some bad juju magumbo going on and they couldn't, you know, they felt like they were influencing everybody else. Of course, we're just kind of playing around. This is not, we're not really superstitious here, but, you know, it was was kind of funny. Father Roderick had forgotten to do something, like uh, record something, uh, uh, Mac and Catherine, a, a Catholic in a uh, in a small town, they forgot to record on UStream one episode. It was I think it was that that week. Uh, then of course in between Sundays, and then then you know I, I forgot to record part of UStream. So anyway, they promised Nick promised that after episode fourteen we weren't going to have these problems again. Well, guess what? He and I have to have a little chat because I lost the first ten minutes of this show. So Nick, if you're listening, we got to talk, my brother. All right, so what are we going to talk about? School lunches today. 
How could I possibly be expected to handle school on a day like this? I have that thought many, many times uh, a week. <laughs> I am a teacher. Uh, you may know that already. I teach high school in a, in a Catholic high school. I teach Spanish and religion. And unlike the many students and teachers that are preparing to go back to school uh, this this coming week, I believe, or or last week, some of them returned even last week, unlike them, I returned almost three weeks ago. <laughs> it's hard to believe. Uh, that's right, we start very early down here in the south, in south Louisiana. Uh, we do that, I think, because we get a lot of holidays during the year. I mean, of course, you know, we get the two weeks for Christmas, we get a week for Thanksgiving, we get a week for Easter, actually a little bit over a week because we get Holy Friday, uh, or Good Friday, rather, off. So, um, but in addition to all of that, we get Mardi Gras off. That's right. The start of Lent, we have that whole week off. No school. So, somehow or another, it works out with all of our holidays during the year that we have the same amount of time as everybody else, uh, but we, we get out maybe a little bit earlier. Uh, we get out usually around the 25th of, of May, give or take uh, a couple of days. And, uh, but we go, we go back early. We go back the first, typically the first, or maybe right at the, the, the very beginning of the second week of August. So this year, it just seems like summer was so short. We had awesome, awesome uh, time. We had great, a great time. I, I was able to go to the CNMC. Uh, we got to go to the beach as a family. Um, just so many good things that, that happened this summer. So going back in August, beginning of August, was a shock to my system. Um, first of all, I'm a night owl. I, I'm, I'm up till midnight, 1 o'clock every night, even even school nights. And I have a hard time going to sleep early. But for school, I have to get up at 5.45. So even though I'm sleeping or, or staying awake till midnight, 1 o'clock, I still, during the week, get up at 5.45. Now, Saturdays, that's my day to recuperate, and I will sleep in till 10 o'clock. That's when I like to get up on Saturdays, if, if at all possible. So I don't know if that's actually a, um, a legitimate recuperation. I don't know if you can actually recoup all that sleep, missed sleep, but uh, usually I start the week, I feel great. So anyway, that's what happens to me. It's a shock to my system, but once I get going every, you know, after a couple of weeks, I, I, I kind of get in the routine of getting up at uh, at 5.45 or maybe 6 o'clock uh, in the mornings during the week. Uh, you know, I hit that, that snooze button is, uh, is a blessing and a curse. <laughs> I hit that snooze button uh, more often than not. Well, before we get started talking about school and school lunches, I do want to mention or, or just uh, give a word of thanks a big thank you to uh, Mike Lindner, a good friend of mine who wrote in and suggested this topic, this topic for this show. School, going back to school, what does that have to do or how does that impact families? What about school lunches, things, tips that uh, families could, uh, could use to uh, make that whole process uh, more simple and less stressful? Uh, also, he had a, a particular question about religious education and the preparation for the Sacrament of Confirmation. And I figured that was a good topic for me since I am the director of the Confirmation Program for my parish. And uh, I might be able to, to share a few insights in that department. So, Mike, thank you so much for this topic. Now, as a parent, I can say that uh, back to school is very, is very interesting. We homeschool, by the way. So my wife stays home. We homeschool. And so we're on a different schedule. We don't have to start in the beginning of August. Matter of fact, we usually wait until uh, about now. I mean, this past week we, we started school with the kids, and my wife is their, their primary teacher. So she does a fantastic job. The, the kids love it, by the way. And they are in, they're uh, involved in what is called Rachel. It's the Roman Catholic Homeschool Association of Louisiana. I believe that's the, the title. And it's based, I don't think officially based, but practically based out of our parish, which is right down the street. All homeschooling families, all Catholic, and they support each other. Matter of fact, some of them get together and they have classes together. So you, you may have a, a, a mom who is a teacher or was a teacher, and she may have a class uh, for math, algebra, or geometry, and she would teach that. 
and you'd have kids from the homeschool community who would register. So that is uh, very cool. Uh, I used to teach Latin, actually, for the homeschoolers. And so I'd have, you know, five, six, seven students in the classroom, which is someone's kitchen table, actually. <laughs> so that was uh, that was nice, very relaxed uh, setting. But it was it was a lot of fun. And, you know, so, but Char is here in the house. They, they, um, uh, they work pretty hard during the day. And then on Thursdays, they have P.E. So all the homeschoolers get together at the park and have P.E. And we just have a lot of fun. Uh, the homeschool community here is very supportive, very encouraging, and it's, it's just a lot of fun. Now, I know a lot of parents out there who are not homeschoolers, they get kind of excited about sending their kids back to school because it's easier on them. They always have to figure out schedule-wise what is what what's going on in the summer you know who's going to take care of the kids where the kids going to be summer camps are very important in the summertime because it gives parents an opportunity to uh to work you can go work without trying to you know figure out what they're going to do with the kids or um summertime can be uh, sort of an upheaval in in people's schedules so going back to school brings that regularity and it brings some relief i think to families Summer's great, but for many parents, for many families, uh, it, it, it's, um, it's the right time for summer. But then when school comes around, it's time for summer to end, and they're, they're fine with that. So just different takes on, uh, on school and school schedules, and, uh, and that's, that's fine. I see that a lot at the school where I teach. Now, another thing that Mike Lindner brought up was the whole question of religious education, specifically Preparation for the Sacrament of Confirmation. And I could say just a few words about that. Now, in addition to being a teacher and a parent and experiencing school in that way, I'm also the director of the confirmation program at my parish. And we have a a pretty large parish. It's 3,000 plus families. And in this area, at least, of the country, that's, that's a lot. But of course, we have churches basically on every corner especially in new orleans we have catholic churches everywhere so we don't have you know we don't have to have one church covering a large geographical area we have you know pretty pretty uh decent sized boundaries parish boundaries so 3000 families in a parish is pretty it's pretty big around here and uh so we have roughly about 90 to 100 kids every year uh who receive the sacrament of confirmation and here's, here's how we set it up in, in the Archdiocese of New Orleans. Uh, confirmation is set at the age of 16. You have to be at least 16 years old in order to be confirmed. And this is something that's a trend, you know, because I was confirmed at the age of 13, I believe. I was in eighth grade, so I may have been 12, 13. And uh, that was the way it was when I was confirmed. That's just how it happened. Um, but gradually, the... Uh, the bishops and, and the, the Conference of Catholic Bishops here in the United States started to push back the age to 16. And I think they did that for a number of reasons. Their primary reason is they saw it as a, a more pra, uh, pastoral approach, that it kind of took care of some needs of, uh, of, the, of the students, of the kids who were going to be confirmed, and also their families. It was a way to keep students, to keep kids in religious education from the time they made their first communion until the time they're confirmed. And that's a very valid concern, uh, but it's, it's, it is extremely different from how it was done in the early church. In the early church, you were confirmed very early, very early. Uh, matter of fact, you were confirmed with the, the, the bishop was, the, uh, was the, the person who would confirm, and it, it happened very early on. You would oftentimes, when they started infant baptism, you would oftentimes be baptized, receive first Eucharist, and be confirmed at the same time. And if you think about that, actually you would be baptized, then confirmed, then receive the Eucharist. That's, that's the way it was. And think about that, um, uh, I guess, liturgically, or even taking into consideration the theology of the sacraments, that's the right order. If the Eucharist is the source and summit of our faith, if that is the center of everything, that's the high point, right? The Eucharist is the high point in our faith, then doesn't it make sense that as far as the sacraments of preparation go, 
that the last one you would receive that would bring you fully and completely into union with the body of Christ would be the body of Christ, the Eucharist, as it was in the very early church. You had to go through a, a, a process, which our RCIA today is modeled after. You'd have to go through that process, and the end result of the process was receiving the Eucharist, not confirmation. Confirmation came first. So, to be historically correct, and I guess really sacramentally correct, you would have to, you would want to keep the order of the sacraments in line. Baptism, which brings you into the family of God. Confirmation, which uh, which strengthens you in living out your vocation, your baptism, and then of course the Eucharist as the source and summit, as the as the end all, be all, right? That brings you into full communion. Sorry, communion with the Church, the body of Christ. But the bishops over the years, over the centuries, have changed the order because in in uh, it pastorally it was seen as necessary. So today in in the United States, most in most places, most dioceses, confirmation is, is received at the age of 16 or after the age of 16. Anyway, that's what I'm dealing with here. And we have really, in this area, we've got three different groups that have to prepare for the sacrament. We have uh, Catholic school students. We have lots of Catholic schools around here and in this area of the country. Uh, we have public school students and we have um, homeschool students. Now, Catholic school students get religious education at school. So, they, since they take care of it there, they don't have to go to CCD or PSR, the, the, the catechetical component, right, at, uh, at the parish. They, they do that at school. The homeschoolers oftentimes use approved curriculum or curricula, curricula uh, in the plural, um, to educate, religious, religiously educate their children at home. And that is fine. That's approved. They can do that. Uh, they just have to pr- uh, provide documentation to the parish when they approach uh, the parish for uh, uh, the sacrament of confirmation. Now, the public school students, though, have to attend CCD or uh, what we call PSR, Parish School of Religion, for at least two years before entering the, the preparation process. And so what we have in our parish is ninth and 10th grade Parish School of Religion, or CCD. And then they move into what's known as uh, the, the sacramental preparation period. So ninth and 10th grade are actually is catechesis. It's catechetical in nature. Whereas the preparation process is actually sacramental preparation. It's not that it's not catechetical, it is, but it's, it's, uh, it's, it's something different as well. So it, it kind of en- encompasses catechesis, but it's supposed to be more than that. It, it's more than just a classroom experience. It's, it's really formation uh, to receive the sacrament. In every sacrament, you have some form of preparation. Baptism, the parents have to go through a class to prepare themselves and, and to understand more clearly what exactly they are undertaking. And then the Sacrament of Reconciliation, we have a preparation process there as well. Um, Here we have second graders make their first uh, confession. So we we have a preparation process there. And then, of course, First Communion, there's a process there as well. Then, on top of that, we have uh, let me look at ordination, right? For the Sacrament of Holy Orders, you have to have a, a period of preparation. Matter of fact, priests have to go on a retreat prior to receiving that sacrament. Um, also, Sacrament of Marriage, at least here, we have to have six months of some sort of church-approved preparation in order to receive the sacrament of marriage. So, preparation is very important. And, uh, Mike, if, if in your area you have... Uh, 16 as the age of confirmation, then really they should be involved in CCD or PSR up to that point. And I don't know specifically what y'all have up there, but that's generally the trend. That's you know what the the uh, the USCCB has been uh, not only promoting, but I mean it's it, it's it's sort of mandated. I mean the the change to the age of 16. So. Anyway, I hope this discussion helps you in some way. If you have any particular questions about sacramental preparation for 
uh, confirmation, please let me know. You can email me at, G- at uh, catholicfoodie at gmail.com or call the listener feedback line at 985-635-4974. Oh, you gotta taste this! This is, oh, it's got this kind of, mm, it's burning, melty, it's not really a smoky taste. It, it, it's a certain, oh, it, it's kind of like a, you know, it's got like this boom, zap kind of taste. Don't you think? What, what would you call that flavor? Lightning Yeah. It's lightning Oh, we gotta do that again! Okay, when the next storm comes, we'll go up on the roof. I know what this needs. Saffron. A little saffron would make this. Saffron. Why do I get the feeling it's, it's in, in the, the kitchen. kitchen? Well, we are going to move into the kitchen right now, into the school kitchen, actually. We're going to talk about school lunches. You know, when you go back to school, lunch is something you have to consider. I know at uh, at our school, Catholic school, you can sign up for the, the lunch program, which is actually directed by the archdiocese, the, uh, the, the what do you call it, the education office of the our school office, I don't know what you call that, of the archdiocese of New Orleans. And it's, uh, it's managed by them, it's run by them, and you have to pay for that. Uh, you, you don't get free lunch. <laughs> What's that expression? There is no free lunch. Uh, you have to pay for it, and I don't know how much it is. It, it's not that much, but you have to pay on a monthly basis, and then you go, and uh, they, they swipe a card, I believe, when you go in, and you go get your lunch, and that's that. Uh, but a lot of people opt to bring their own lunch. So when I was talking about this on Facebook and Twitter, I did receive uh, some comments. And this, this first part here, we're going to talk about memories of school lunches. Uh, you know, as a kid growing up, <laughs> I've got my own memories of school lunches. Uh, but most of the time, I think I brought my lunch. But I, I did eat in the cafeteria the first few years of my schooling career, which is a long time ago. But let's check out what some people said about school lunches. Our good friend Inga said, uh, we never had school lunch. I don't know. What did you do if you didn't have school lunch? Did you have to bring your lunch? Uh, let's see. Jim Spaz. I guess that's how you say that. Uh, so the first week of the seventh grade, I was a new kid at the school and I had to eat lunch by myself. Oh, yeah. I know that's, that's one of those experiences you have, I think, as a new student that, uh, that's just not fun. You know, you go in the cafeteria, you don't know anybody. Who are you going to sit with? And I, I guess that really does highlight the importance of community, family, uh, of, of, of shared meals, because you don't like to eat alone. We, we want to eat together. So that's uh, always a bummer to, um, to have to eat alone because you don't know anybody and nobody reaches out to you. You know, I have to say that the students at my school, that's one of the things they do really well. New students... Students who maybe aren't uh, really popular, they may be ultra geeky or something. The students at our school really do reach out to them. It's, it's odd uh, to not have them reach out. And of course, all the teachers, we, we try to encourage this sense of brotherhood with the students. So we can't really say that, uh, I, I think God, actually, that that's just not something that we have to deal with at our school on a regular basis. Oh, and uh, she also says, uh, uh, actually because of this Twitter handle, I don't know if it's a she or a he, I'm sorry. Uh, But there was no actual bad food memories. You're lucky. (laughs) You're lucky. Uh, Let's see, we also had another comment here. He said, to be honest, our lunch ladies were great cooks, and they made full turkey dinners for us every month. Wow, that's awesome. That is awesome. And yeah, I've got a A number of good comments here about school lunches. Let's see another one here. Every Thursday was Chili Cheese Burrito Day in the lunch line. And those were the awesomest. (laughs) Hot dogs, they were always like rubber. (laughs) Oh, goodness. Uh, It got so I couldn't stand them for years. Oh, I don't like rubber hot dogs. That's that's not good. Uh, They gave out free cans of Surge at lunch. Oh, I can't believe that. Oh, my goodness. And it tasted like concentrated caffeine in liquid form. It was horrible. I can't, I just don't get it. I don't get it. I've said this earlier. I don't understand why they give this kind of stuff out to kids or let them buy it at school. It makes the rest of the day, the afternoon classes, miserable. Let's see. 
Although I have to say that they are, at my school at least, trying to move toward better lunch choices and better drink choices. It's, it's more healthy, and they don't sell candy anymore. Thank God. All right, the first day of high school, I spilled my chocolate milk down the front of my pants. Oh, that's not good. Uh, I never liked the spinach. It was too much vinegar. I ate school lunch for 12, for, uh, 12 years and dorm food for four years. Maybe it affected me. <laughs> that's <t> Oh, <laughs> my goodness. That's a good question. I don't really have any bad memories from lunch uh, time during school. Tiny Bear, 421. Once again, you're very lucky. And every Tuesday, they had Pizza Burger Day, which sounds very, very interesting. And then Mike says warm bologna and mayo on white bread. Barf. <laughs> so I can imagine that does not sound very appealing to me at all. So these were bad lunch memories. Uh, let's see. Steve Nelson, our good friend Steve Nelson from On The U, he said that I have a profound and enduring dislike for that industrial cheese that they always used for school lunch pizza. Bad on enchiladas, too. Ooh, I know that. Uh, we used to get cans of that stuff, like it's, it's from the, the military. Ooh, talk about bad. Uh, Diane Lair uh, Uni, uh, I went to college with her, actually, up at Steubenville. She said, ground mystery meat and gravy over mashed potatoes. Oh, yuck. When we, uh, oops, sorry. When we brought our tray up to the window, if enough food was not eaten, we were sent back to our table. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> she says, thank God for the empty milk can <laughs> or the empty milk carton. Oh, that's good. You got to be sneaky. Every time they cut the grass, this is from Heather Langwa. Every time they cut the grass at St. Thomas More, spinach was served. That's partially why I always brought my lunch. And you know, Heather, that is something that a lot of people mention. The whole grass cutting slash spinach connection. Oh, my goodness. That's from my own past. I know that. Uh, it seemed like that all the time. Let's see. Jim Scott says, yeah, I remember the grass spinach thing at St. Thomas More. When I came home one day and told my mother they served us mashed potatoes and bologna, she called the school and complained. Good for her. Wow. Awesome. Renee Bookch, she says, having to eat a PB&J made with seemingly prehistoric peanut butter and crystallized apple jelly on rye bread. Why did they even serve that as lunch that day? Ooh, if I'd wanted to eat PB&J, I could have had a gourmet one for my mom, cut party style in four triangles, complete with love, not in a paper bag. Cool. And then our good friend D. Fox, she says, I remember being so sick of having Spanish, Spanish rice over and over and over. I think that's a, that's the thing. It's on a schedule, so you have to uh, you have to uh, eat the same thing week after week. Goodness. Well, in addition to bad memories, we also had some tips. Some tips on food. Now, uh, my good friend Robert Simpson. I actually teach with him. He submitted a comment, I think, on Facebook that I really can't share. <laughs> Uh, I think it would just be too, um, well, I value my job, so I don't want to say, <laughs> I don't want to say anything here on uh, on the show that could uh, jeopardize that. So thank you, Robert, for commenting, and I wish I could share it, but uh, if anybody wants to see it, they just have to go to my profile page over at Facebook and, uh, and search for it. Maria, Maria Johnson, uh, she says, does anything say school lunch better than a bologna sandwich on Wonder Bread, lathered in high-fat Miracle Whip. Ooh. She, yes, I think so, she says. It's the Oreos for dessert. Oh, I remember that. Mm-mm-mm. I remember that. And she brings up something that I think is an excellent, excellent point. She says it's, it's a very important tip that brings in Catholic social teaching. Give the cafeteria ladies respect. Be polite and kind and treat them like you'd treat your mother. They're overworked, underpaid, mocked, ridiculed, and abused. Smile and be polite. Say please and thank you. They will remember you. They will remember your kindness. It's a life lesson in the interconnectedness of every job contributing to a final product. 
wow, that is, uh, that is awesome, and it's very important to keep in mind. They, they provide a service that is very challenging, and they deserve respect. Oh, and she says, if you do that, uh, you might get extra tater tots. <laughs> Very good. And then our good friend, Brother Jer, Bro Jer, he says, Maria, that is deep. I just printed it off and gave it to my kids. It's uh, a life lesson. And good for them to hear respect from another. And I'm all over the bologna. If it is a, an at-home lunch, we use two pieces with a good cheese in the middle and try it. And fry it. I'm sorry, and fry it. And then Shelly had made a comment earlier, and he says, you know, we can fry a peanut butter and jelly like grilled cheese, and mm, 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 that must be good. I've never had that before. We'll have to, uh, we'll have to see what that's like. Well, I received so much more comments, so many more comments on tips and everything else. Uh, Kim uh, Bagley, she submitted something about making tortillas with eggs and cheese. And a wrap, you know, if you wrap it in foil, it's fine for lunch. Uh, tortillas with chicken and barbecue sauce, uh, with beef and lettuce. And, of course, you could just add yogurt, frozen fruit, and it would be thawed by lunch. Um, she makes a wheat pasta and adds cheese for mac and cheese, and it goes in a thermos. So that's a, a wonderful thing as well. It's good to get all these tips and ideas on school lunches, what we can do uh, for our kids to help lunch be a, a little bit more enjoyable and healthy. Uh, let's see. Shelly says that she uh, would grab a tortilla and sprinkle cheese and lay a slice of lunch meat and microwave, microwaves it for 15 seconds then rolls it up. It breaks the monotony of peanut butter and jelly. So very good. We have some other uh, things that uh, we can talk about, some other tips that I have, uh, and I will share those with you in just a moment. Here's a way you can be creative on a daily basis. Well, how else in your life can you actually create new things every day? And you have to eat. This mm -hmm. is the thing we all agree on. If you're going to eat three times a day to the day that you die, why not be good at it? Hey, Jeff, this is Carrie Nadden, the Catholic Parish Media Liaison, responding to your Facebook request for lunch tips. My tips are not so much for food, but for the packaging. We're really trying in our town to decrease disposable lunches and to increase recyclable lunches. And I found a great company called Laptop Lunches. They're at laptoplunches.com. And they have American-style bento boxes. Think sushi. Um, and they're designed to help families pack nutritious, environment-friendly lunches for school, work, and travel. I think they're really cool, and my kids love them. They're dishwasher safe and recyclable and reusable, and um, they also often come with great healthy recipe ideas to go along with them. So I hope that helps your listeners, and I am really excited to uh, start listening to your podcast myself. Thanks a lot, and have a great day. Wow, thank you so much. And I, I, that, that's, that is an awesome idea, to have uh, good containers. I mean, something that, uh, uh, that would promote healthy eating in the actual way that you package food and to take that with you, whether it's to work or school or, or whatever. So that is LaptopLunches.com. And finally, one final word, one final word about school and going back to school and lunches. You know, if your family is like most families, school brings a regularity back. That's true. But it also brings an overwhelming number of extracurricular activities. And I know so many kids and families who are just stressed out because they've got to be so many places. They, they have to be all over the place. Every night of the week, there's something. And that makes things very, very difficult, especially, especially family meals. You know, family meals are so important. And I think as we get busier and busier during the year, that makes family meals even more important. And we may not be able to, to have a family meal every night. That may be simply impossible because of schedules. But whoever is together, in the family, in the house, they certainly can eat together. 
And you know, way back, I think it was episode 13, I talked about fast food and how bad it is. <laughs> and compared that, I made a connection between that and certain uh, trends we see in, uh, in spirituality and prayer and living out the faith and even receiving the Eucharist that uh, it's just not good, uh, just some things that just aren't good, uh, attitudes that we have that are very fast food-like. Um, even though I said all that, you know, if that's all you can do is go to a fast food restaurant with your family because you're on the go, but you're sitting with your family for this event, this meal, then I would say, hey, that's great. You know, if that's all you can do, do it. Uh, as long as you're sitting down together as often as possible during the week, having a family meal, sharing a meal together, I think that's the most important thing, no matter where it is. I mean, goodness, it could be at Sonic in the car. <laughs> I mean, preferably you're around a table. But um, if that's all you can do, that's all you can do. But doing it together is the important thing. I would also really suggest that you plan out at least one day a week, if that's all you can do, that at least one day a week where you commit to having a family meal, a sit-down, at-home family meal. Start it with a prayer, of course. But what you also want to do is to make sure that you have really good discussions, really good conversations, because when we sit down at the table, it's not only the food that feeds us, it's our relationships with each other. And our relationships grow with each other through conversation, through interaction. So you want to make sure that you have really good conversations at the dinner table. And I know that, uh, you know, it's almost stereotypical, but teenagers oftentimes will go through a phase where they don't talk to their family enough. And, you know, I, I hear that from parents. I'm in the, the, you know, running the confirmation program. So oftentimes I hear parents complain that their, their kids are aloof. They're not uh, talking with their, you know, the parents as, as much as they used to. And that's really, it, it can be a problem. Uh, so to help the teenager, really, you want to pull them in as best as you can. And I know they fight it. Uh, they fight it tooth and nail. But to do something like uh, committing to a family meal, uh, committing to using some tool, really, that's, that's a good idea, to use some, some tool so you third-party it. That's the, it's not just coming from you. It's this tool that's helping you to, uh, uh, to grow in conversations. So you use some kind of a tool to help uh, start or ignite, in a way, discussions at the table. And I have a couple uh, that I could recommend, and I would like to recommend uh, right now. This is from a blog. It's Fallible Blogma, FallibleBlogma.com. It's Matt Warner, his blog, and uh, it's a fantastic, uh, fantastic blog. Matt Warner is the guy behind Flocknote, which is an awesome Catholic uh, website that offers an invaluable service, a way of communicating and keeping in touch with people in your group, and it could be your parish, it could be a prayer group, it could be a ministry of sorts, anything that you, you're involved with of a Catholic nature where you have to communicate, Flocknote is a good way to do it. So you can go check out Flocknote. But Fallible Blogma, he had a post, this was back on August 10th, and it says, the title of it is How to Promote Family Communication at the Dinner Table. So it's everything I'm talking about here. And he brings up TV dinners, he brings up fast food and our fast-paced lives, all that stuff. And he also talks about a product that's out there right now. It's called the Meal Box. And there is a, um, let me see. Hi, I'm Tom McGrath. And I'm Brett Nicholas. Together, Tom and I created the Meal Box, a collection of fun questions designed to get families talking around the dinner table. And for those who want to bring faith into the conversation, the back of each card features a practical faith tip for families. Okay, so we have these cool new things I'm going to have us do at dinner today. Okay. So here's what's going to happen. Similar to what we've been doing, you know, where we tell our favorite thing that happened this mm -hmm. week, these are different sorts of questions, and we're all going to get to take turns asking a question, and then everybody gets to answer the question. If you could build a private bridge or tunnel that would take you directly from your home to any place at all, <laughs> What would it connect you to? I would like to build a bridge or a tunnel to heaven <laughs> so I can get to my work in Sonora. <laughs> in your opinion, what is the most important thing that your parents have taught you? Reading. Good one. Good one. Oh, yeah. 
You didn't have to put much on that. That's good. So just you got to finish the sentence for each person in the room. You are really special to me because... Dad is really special to me because he takes care of everyone in our family and makes time with work to spend time with us. I liked um, that it brought out ideas that my kids had that I never knew they thought of. Um, and I was really impressed with our youngest one and how he was able to handle some of the questions. I was a little worried. First of all, I learned they could think on their feet, mm -hmm. you know, which is important. But other than that, I learned a lot. When they had to express how they felt about other people, that was amazing that they could say that. Mm -hmm. Yay! I'm glad we did these. Yeah. All right. Yeah, Will fun. you help me clear the table? Sure. Okay, thanks. So, for more information about the Mailbox, meal visit LoyolaPress.com Mailbox. Anyway, you may want to check that out, and if you have any ideas about ways to foster communication around the dinner table with your family, please let me know. I would love to share those with people. Um, you can email me at catholicfoodie at gmail.com, or you can make a comment on this post, the post for this episode on, on the blog, which is at catholicfoodie.com, or call the listener feedback line, 985-635-635. 4974. Wow, something smells good. Those, uh, goodies in there. Granny, Granny Puckett, the goodie lady? My goodness, she makes some good goodies. She's got a thing. It's like a, uh, it's like a, uh, cookies, shortbread chocolate icing between very. It's good. Uh, it's very good. Well, I do have some good goodies for you today. Uh, a very <laughs> an awesome announcement to make, and, and many of you probably already have heard about this, but the Catholic Foodie is now an SQPN affiliate. The StarQuest Production Network, and I am, I'm so happy to, uh, uh, to be a part of the SQPN family of podcasters. Uh, I came into the podcasting world and to really the, the whole new media world through SQPN. Uh, I have been listening to SQPN podcasts for years. Matter of fact, uh, one of my favorites, uh, Catholic in a Small Town, is going to be broadcasting on Ustream uh, right after this show at uh, 2 o'clock Central Time or 3 o'clock uh, Eastern Time. And I am just, uh, I, I just can't tell you how overwhelmed I am, how blown away I am how humbled I am to be part of the SQPN family. Uh, it's amazing. Oh, and <laughs> by the way, make sure you listen all the way through to the end of this episode because I've got something special to play for you. <laughs> and if you are a regular SQPN podcast listener, then you know what I'm talking about. So, uh... Father Roderick made the announcement. There were two other podcasts, along with mine, uh, that were affiliated or became affiliated with SQPN. We have uh, Among Women by Pat Gone, and also uh, InBetweenSundays.com, or I should say InBetweenSundays podcast, which you can find at InBetweenSundays.com. Uh, Nick Padley, who was on the show just last week, the Padley brothers, Nick and Pat, are now also affiliated with SQPN. So, an amazing week. It's been an amazing week. Uh, matter of fact, uh, Father Roderick, on on August 26th, and what episode was that? Does anybody know out there in Ustream land? It was episode uh, 670-something, I believe, 75, 76. Um, he made the official announcement of the uh, affiliation of these two, or these three podcasts, rather. Um, and then... There is an announcement, a uh, a press release, we call them, over at sqpn.com, and it tells a little bit about each of the podcasts. So you may want to check that out. It's uh, I, I, I was, once again, very impressed and very humbled by this announcement. Uh, we had a lot of uh, congratulatory messages that came my way. Uh, Denise, matter of fact, she says, uh, Dear Jeff, congratulations on your joining the SQPN family. I love your website, your show, your website, your recipes, your use streams, and your insight into the faith. What a great community we have, and you are a big part of making it so. 
Thank you, and God bless you and your family, Denise. Thank you so much, Denise. I'm, I'm amazed. I'm just amazed, uh, just humbled. So uh, thank you so much. I also received a lot of um, uh, congratulations from Sean McGahee, the, the duct tape guy. You can find him uh, online. I'll put a link uh, in, the, in the show notes. He's at catholicroundup.com. And also uh, Deacon Tom and D. Fox. Uh, they're you know the Deacon Moments uh, the Deacon Moments uh, segment over there at Catholic uh, Catholic Moments podcast, and also he's starting his new show, a new show called Catholic Vitamins, and you can find that over at CatholicVitamins.com. Pam Hauk also congratulations uh, to me, so thank you, Pam, and Shelly Kelly and Stephanie Week or Angel Steph. Thank y'all so much for all the congratulations, and I'm probably leaving some people off. I know that. Uh, I just pulled some names from, um, I think, from Twitter and Facebook. But I know that there were a number of people who made comments uh, on Ustream and uh, in other places as well. So I apologize if I didn't name you, but thank you so much for your support of and, and encouragement, support and encouragement of the Catholic Foodie. Now, also one more announcement. If you are on Ustream right now, I'm about to show you something that, well, it kind of, it's another another thing that kind of blew me away. I'm, I'm so excited about this, I can't stand it. So uh, let me show you what I am talking about. Is that amazing or what? If you, if you were on Ustream, you would see a Catholic foodie t-shirt. That's right, a Catholic foodie T-shirt, and that that is uh, something that I've I've been wanting to happen for a long, long time. And there's a story as to how it happened, but I will probably save that for another time. I will only say that Captain Jeff, our friend Captain Jeff, who is he's an airline pilot, but he also has a screen printing uh, business, and he handles all the um, all the merchandise for the SQPN podcasting family. And uh, over at sqpngear.com, and you can order stuff for uh, from him. Um, he he's I, basically he was working with me uh, for probably uh, I, I guess since the CNMC we've been talking about it, and I'd asked him if you know, do you do any like non SQPN stuff? And he says, well, let me take a look at it. I might be able to do something for you. Blah blah blah. Anyway, it, it turns out that the whole SQPN affiliation thing came about, and uh, he had been working on something for me just just to help me out, and so it, it ends up that you know here I am with merchandise, and I, I ended up being a uh, an affiliate of SQPN. So very very cool. I'm I'm very excited about this. I don't think that any of the stuff is available right now for sale. Uh, I know that uh, he's a busy man, and. He and his wife are the ones that that put this uh, together. They run the business, so I know that soon, soon it'll be available, uh, but not quite yet. But before uh, I move on, I want to show you one other thing. And uh, once again, if you're on UStream, you can see this. But if you're not on UStream, you may want next episode to uh, join us on UStream. Here, check this out. That's right. It is a Catholic foodie apron. Catholic foodie apron. Isn't that, isn't that wonderful? The Catholic foodie has an apron. <laughs> so, uh, Captain Jeff, if you're listening, thank you so much. Thank you so much for doing such a wonderful job, an awesome job, and once again for your uh, encouragement and support of the Catholic foodie. I can't wait to see the Catholic foodie page there on sqpngear.com and to have people who have already asked me, hey, do you have T-shirts? Do you have aprons? Do you have uh, coffee mugs. Do you have something Catholic foodie stuff to uh, to sell? And I was like, well, I, I I don't, but I have plans for it. Well, Captain Jeff is the one who has made that a reality. So, again, Captain Jeff, thank you so much. Okay, one last thing before we move on. Uh, Grace before meals. GraceBeforeMeals.com. That's uh, Father Leo Petalunghug. If you don't know about him, you need to go over and check out GraceBeforeMeals.com. He is actually going to be on the Food Networks. We have a priest who's going to be on the Food Network. He he was challenged by Bobby Flay for a throwdown. Can you believe that? Bobby Flay challenged him to a throwdown, and uh, it's going to air on the Food Network 
uh, Wednesday, September 9th at 8 p.m., and I'm assuming that's Eastern Time. It doesn't say here, but I'm assuming it's Eastern. Wednesday, September 9th at 8 p.m., Food Network, you're going to have Father Leo and Bobby Flay having a throwdown. <laughs> I think that's so awesome. And Father Leo, by the way, in Grace Before Meals, is also an SQPN uh, show. So you may want you can also check him out over at sqpn.com. That's it for us here on episode 35 of The Catholic Foodie. I'm so glad that you joined us today. And uh, before we close everything out, I want to remind you, please listen until the end of the show. Got something special to play for you. Also, I want to let you know the uh, the, the podcast that uh, the new podcasts that are part of the SQPN family. You can find them over at sqpn.com. And that's In Between Sundays and Among Women. You will want to check that out. And you can also find, let's see, you can find Pat over at AmongWomenPodcast.com. And then, of course, uh, In Between Sundays is at InBetweenSundays.com. And don't forget, if you go over to SQPN.com, you're going to find lots of excellent Catholic podcasts that you can listen to. Wonderful stuff. Uh, I can't recommend the SQPN podcast enough. Uh, please go check that out. The Daily Breakfast with Father Roderick, Catholic Under the Hood, with Father Seraphim, uh, the same cast with uh, with Paul Camerata, and um, Catholic in a Small Town with Mac and Catherine. They're coming on Ustream right after this, so 3 o'clock Eastern Time. And uh, don't forget also, please join us over at SQPN Connect, which is at sqpnconnect.ning.com, and, uh, and join. And there's a Catholic Foodie uh, page over there, Catholic Foodie Group. You can join that group. And it's just, it's part of the, it's a wonderful tool for the SQPN family. Um, please join us over there. Get involved. It's a fantastic place to be. And if you have feedback, anything you'd like to say to the Catholic Foodie, you can call over at 985 635 4974. That's 985 635 4974. Or you can email me at Catholic Foodie at gmail.com. And until next time, bon appétit! SQPN, leading the way in Catholic new media.